and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean, pastor of Sacred City Church in Davenport, Iowa. And this, church, this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. And lately, we've been really focusing on two things on the podcast. Number one is our Theology for Everyone segment, where we're working through the Westminster Confession of Faith. And the second one is kind of questions from our listeners. And um, today, we're going to hit on the Westminster Confession of Faith. And we are getting into some of the least understood doctrines and concepts from Scripture. Um, I think the last couple years have re- have um, revealed how little Americans and Christians um, understand what the Bible teaches about, uh, we would say, about the state or about government. Uh, the Westminster Divines wrote chapter 23 of the civil magistrate. <clears throat> so that's how they saw that's how they understood um, their rulers, okay? Those above them, they called them the civil magistrates. And um, these past couple of years really revealed to us, like, whoa, who has authority over us? And even in the, our complex system of American society, where there's a federal government, and there's state government, and there's local government, you know, who's the boss, right? Who do I have <laughs> to? Who do I have to obey? Do I have to obey as a Christian? What should I do? Um, and many people went to their political philosophy or went to their political pundits instead of going to Scripture first and saying, what does Scripture teach about the civil magistrate? What does Scripture teach about our responsibility to the civil magistrate? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to hit the first two articles uh, with me on the podcast today. Gentlemen, would you introduce yourself? Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. Yeah, this is Rob Spectres, Pastor of Discipleship. All right. Kevin is not with us today. He's feeling a little under the weather. And so I will do his job, and I will (laughs) read Article 1 of the Civil Magistrate. God, the Supreme Lord and King of all the world, hath ordained civil magistrates to be under him over the people for his own glory and the public good, and to this end, hath armed them with the power of the sword for the defense and encouragement of them that are good and for the punishment of evildoers. All right, pretty good little first article here. As a good theologian, they start where they're supposed to start, and that's with God, not with man. So it says, God, the Supreme Lord, and this Lord here, um, it is not all caps, Lord, which would represent Yahweh. It is capital L and then O-R-D, which represents the, sov- the, the sovereign God of the universe. So the supreme Lord and King of all the world. So immediately we begin, the Westminster Divines begin by stating all government gets its source, gets its authority from God, who is the source of all authority. He is the sovereign. He is over all things. The world is set up in a hierarchy. In, in a hierarchy, okay, we have hierarchies are real, and God sits at the top of it. Mm-hmm. So, if anybody claims to have legitimate authority, that authority must come from the source of authority, ultimate authority, God Himself. If it doesn't, it's illegitimate authority. So, let's keep moving. So, God, the supreme Lord and King of all the world, hath ordained civil magistrates. 
So civil magistrates, we could, uh, you could call, I don't know other words for this, but um, think of, think of the president, think of Congress, think of senators, um, think of mayors and governors and all of these different roles. These are different forms of civil magistrates. Um, we, we, we talk about greater magistrates and we talk about lesser magistrates. And the, the reformers talked a lot about a greater magistrate, let's say is the president and a lesser magistrate is maybe the chief of police here in town. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so first point here, God is in authority over all. Every nation must submit themselves to him, but he hath ordained civil magistrates. So it's his plan. He did it to be under him over the people for his own glory and the public good. All right. So we, we see some, some things that they're supposed to do, yeah. right? They're under him, which means they are to rule according to his word. Yeah. If they're going to be a legitimate governing authority, they are to rule under, under his authority, under his word, by his word. Okay. Over the people, that means we are meant to have rulers over us. Um, the idea of anarchism, which is just kind of every man for himself, every man does what's right in his own size, or his own eyes, not in his own size, <laughs> every man that does right in his own eyes, that is an unbiblical and unchristian position. That is actually worse than communism, worse than socialism, worse than what's going on in China. Every man gets to do what's right in his in his own eyes is ungodly. Yeah, and I'm right now in the book of Judges, <laughs> and that is the ugliest book in the sense of when, and of course the phrase there in that book is every man, you know, did what he thought was right in his own eyes. And that you could just see this awful downward trend of of ugliness, of evil of, you know, just uh, people treating each other like animals. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's quite, the, quite the book. And it's the most oppressive because the weak get destroyed. Yes, right. Women get treated horribly, mm-hmm. uh, taken advantage of. Think of, in, in one sense, you know, in, in our society, you could think of the Wild West. Right. And it's worst, you know, with, with, with the wars between Indians and, 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 the, and the settlers and with wild towns and all of the chaos that's going on. Whoever is the fastest gun. Yeah, might made right. That's it. (laughs) Might made right. Quickest draw. You could take what you wanted. You could do what you wanted. That is anarchy. And it's ungodly and we should reject it. All right, so. So what do we say to some of the people that are like, well, my judgment is way better than the people that are over me right now. Don't don't you see the world? You know, what what do we say to, what do we say to those people? Hmm. Well, that could be true, and it might not be true, right? We don't know. But um, so it, I, it would depend on it would depend on the situation. The this the and we're going to get into later when is it appropriate to resist authority and what does that resistance to authority look like, and what are lawful resistance to authority and unlawful resistance to authority. We're going to get into that later. Okay. Um, so let's just keep moving forward on this one right now. <clears throat> so civil magistrates, God ordained to be under him, over the people. So we're meant to have leaders. Again, we see this in the Old Testament. 
with, with like what you just brought up with the judges, with Moses and with the, with the judges judging the people. We see it with the prophets, the priests. People were always meant to have leaders above them and eventually the kings because they begged for a king, even though God was meant to be their king. God set this system up for his own glory and the public good. All right, so these are some ends for this right here. And to this end, he hath armed them with the power of the sword. So this is what's unique about the civil magistrate. Remember, we have different spheres of authority. There is the family sphere where the father is is uh, the under-shepherd of the family, right? He's, he's responsible to God for the way that he leads and manages his household. And to the father, God gives the rod. God gives godly discipline. That's how he enforces. That's how he is to enforce, and the parents to, together, working towards this end, are to enforce God's rule right there, to enforce the law of God, right? Well, then you have the church. That's a separate sphere. Over the church are the pastors, right? The elders, they rule over the church. Again, what, what do they have? How do they enforce their rule? They have the keys of the kingdom, which are basically church discipline, excommunication being the worst, worst possibility of that. So if a person is not behaving and they're not obeying the Lord and they're not walking in their repentance and they're, uh, and they're not fulfilling their vows, they get excommunicated. They get set outside the, the covenant community. The, the church does not have the right to spank anyone. <laughs> the church does not have the right to uh, execute the sword or use yeah, the sword, use the sword right. you know, punish anyone in, in those in those ways, but the state has. And this is why the state is the most dangerous, um, the most liable to um, perversion, let's say, let's just say the most dangerous because God has given the state the sword. Mm -hmm. That means they can execute people, right? Capital punishment. Now, what? why has God given them the sword? He's given them the sword, Scripture tells us, for two reasons. It says here in the article, for the defense and encouragement of them that are good and for the punishment of evildoers. Two reasons. God gives the sword to the state, to civil magistrates, for the defense and encouragement of them that are good. So we have, the state has a sword. Our, let's just use our country here. Our country has an army. Our state has a national guard. We have these things for the defense of the good. So if we are invaded, our country can fight back. Okay? That is a biblical, legitimate use of the sword under the under shepherd. Also, our justice system is given the sword. The sword looks like jail time, you know, all the way from, you know, fines all the way up to the death penalty. Yeah. And the Bible says that is a legitimate use of the sword. The ca capital punishment is um, commanded in the Old Testament. If you take a man's life, if you willfully commit murder, your life should be taken from you. That is the law of God. That is what the word of God teaches. And so the state is the one that executes that. The priest is not the one to execute that. 
right? The prophet is not the one to execute that. The king is the one, to, or the judge at that time, is the one to, to execute that. So our government actually gives us more grace than scripture because if you kill someone, you know, you should be killed. Yep. But in our government, is if you kill someone, you can, of course, pay fine if you have a lot of money for mm-hmm. celebrities, stuff like that. Or you just go to prison, right? Yeah, and I wouldn't say that it gives us more grace. I would say that it's it's unjust. Our government is more, is less just, is less just than scripture. Mm-hmm. Because I think in those situations, number one, the victim is being mistreated. Mm. Because if you killed, if you killed my wife and you can get away with it just because you 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 have expensive lawyers yeah. or you go spend a few years in prison that is not um those two my, the life of my wife and you spending 8 years in prison or whatever those two things are not equal yeah right so that's an injustice mm-hmm. that's an injustice okay. um all right again so this is not promoting vigilante justice this is not promoting an eye for an eye in the sense that if you killed my wife now I'm going to go kill you no, no, no. If you killed my wife, now the justice system must punish you equitably and in a just manner, okay? Because he didn't give me that the sword. He gave it to the government, okay? Now, we have scriptures for this, right? We certainly yeah. do. You got yours, Romans? Uh, Romans 13, um, submission to authority. Let every person be subjective to governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not the terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. Okay. So these governing authorities have been instituted by God. And, um, and we are to submit to them. Now, that is not an unconditional submission. We're going to see here in, um, do you have First Peter? I do. Yeah, okay. it says, uh, it's First Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Yeah. So this is what they're to do. Punish those who do evil and praise those who do good. When they step out of their bounds, we call them to judgment. Now, we see this in the New Testament. I was just reading to my kids. I were working through Luke and uh, at dinner time, and I was reading to my kids, <clears throat> John the Baptist, calling out Herod. Oh, sure. Yeah. John the Baptist got political <laughs> and, and called out Herod for... Herod was a wicked man and he had taken his brother's wife and he, I mean, he had done all kinds of uh, disgusting and vile things. He was an ungodly man. He was an ungodly ruler. He was an unjust ruler. And um, the, the prophet called him out, called him out for it. And, but what happened to John the Baptist because of that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he got his head cut off, yeah. Yeah. right? It right. was the right thing to do. But he had to pay for it. He got his head cut off. Yeah, it's interesting in this pa- in this Peter passage. Just a few verses down later, Peter just makes these nice little, almost staccato kind of statements. He says, "Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, but listen to this: fear God, honor the emperor." Yep. So there's a nice little, uh, you know, there's a nice balance there. Ultimately, fear God. So that's our first thing. But it also says honor honor the emperor, which when you think about the emperor under that he was under was a godless man. 
Yeah. And yet he still recognized what God had given him, that God had ordained for this man, even though he was a godless man, to be the one who was the ruling authority. He was willing to honor him, but he also knew, I need to fear God too. Yeah. Well, and, and that reminds me of Jesus um, standing uh, before, who, who is it? Uh, Pontius Pilate. Pontius, yeah. Standing before Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate says, you know, are you the king of the Jews and are these things? And Jesus is kind of not answering. And don't you know that I can have you killed right now? And Jesus rebukes him and says, you have no authority unless it was given (laughs) to you you. from God. So in that moment, he's like pushing the responsibility back on Pontius and saying, you are an under shepherd of my father. You are a civil magistrate appointed by my father. You better recognize where your authority comes from. Mm. And that will probably be Pontius Pilate. That's probably what he's going to hear at the judgment seat of God. You had the son of God before your face. You knew he was innocent. He appealed to a higher authority than you. He he reminded you that you were an under shepherd and you still tried to wash your hands and you gave him up to be crucified. He gave him to the people, which is is crazy with that. And they, of course, he didn't push the agenda of the people. So the people are like, murder him. Well, and that, so, and he was, because he was not a just ruler. A just ruler would push back on mob rule and would push back on what the people want and right. say, no, I'm going to do what's just. I'm going to do what's right. right. And he did not do that, yeah. right? He just let the, gave the people what they wanted. Yeah. And it was, it was unjust trial and it was mob rule and it was, you know, uh, murdering literally the only sinless victim hmm. in the face of the earth. Yeah. Okay, so here we see that government is ordained by God, right? uh, The civil magistrate is ordained by God, and they've been given the sword. Now, let me me comment on this. There are some Christians that believe the Bible teaches pacifism. Hmm, Sure, yeah. Um, They get that from a few verses in the Gospels. They... You only can really come to this conclusion if you make a huge separation between the Old and the New Testaments, mm-hmm. and you really lean on the ways that um, that the Old Testament is uh, unique, or the is is or the New Testament is unique and different from the Old Testament. Um, but they take a few verses and they kind of say, "Well, Christians are pacifists, so we should never fight. We should never have weapons. We should never um, go to war, etc." Okay. So that brings up the so so those types of folks and these and during the Reformation these folks were called the the Anabaptists. They took a, a position over and against the culture. So they weren't trying to influence the culture. They weren't trying to shape culture. They pulled away from culture and they created kind of like almost a new monastic community. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to kind of be free of the world. And they basically said Christians should never fight. And there so therefore. God gave the sword to the civil magistrates. Therefore, a Christian should can never send, can never serve in the army, could never serve as a police officer, could never serve as, uh, you know, in, in the war, right? Well, the magisterial reformers rejected that, and this is why we have one of the reasons we have Article Two here. It reads like this: It is lawful for Christians. To accept, and this is when it says lawful, remember, we're not talking about law of the land. We're talking a biblical biblical law, okay? It's biblical. 
it is lawful for Christians to accept and execute the office of a magistrate when called thereunto. In the managing whereof, as they ought especially to main, maintain piety, justice, and peace, according to the wholesome laws of each commonwealth, so for that end they may lawfully now under the New Testament wage war upon just and necessary occasions. Mm. All right. So over against the Anabaptists here, the Westminster divines are saying it is biblical, it is Christian, it is lawful for Christians to accept and execute the office of a magistrate. So Yes, Christian, you should be a mayor. Yes, you should be a city council member. Yes, you should go all the way up to presidency, presidents and be a district attorney and all these different things. When called thereunto. Do we have a text for that? Yeah, Proverbs 8, 15. By me kings reign, and rulers decree what is just. By me princes rule, and nobles all who govern justly. Yeah, so we know wisdom and righteousness exalt a nation. Well, the only way to have wisdom, you know, a wise nation and wise and wise rulers is to have righteous rulers. Yeah, right. You have to understand Scripture. You have to know God. You have to have a renewed heart in a, in, a, in in these ways, right? And so, yes, we want Christians to be writing laws. We want Christians to be judging cases. We want Christians to be police officers. We want Christians who have the law of God written on their mind and in their heart. We want them running our society. Let's say that. Yeah. In the managing whereof, as they ought especially to main, maintain piety, justice, and peace. Okay. The, the right ordering of society needs piety. What's a better word for piety? Uh, I think it's a, it's a word I, we might use more of a, I want to say devotional life, but I'm not sure if that's even, even close to it. It's, yeah. it's a life of... It's a life that is submissive to the Word of God, and you can see that 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 piety or that submissiveness by being in the Word of God, memorizing the Word of God, praying. Yeah, that's a life of piety. Yes, and so it's this kind of um, uh, observable devotion. Uh, devotion, yeah, to God, and you can see, uh, it's, a, yes. it's a, observable. Yep. So we want people who are devoted to the Lord, yeah. who understand justice, and will fairly over and over. I'm just reading Proverbs um, this whole year. I've been reading Proverbs uh, one a day and I'm over and over. It just says unjust scales are an abomination mm, to the Lord. Yes. Right. Over and over and over. He's talking about um, unjust scales. So ba basically salesmen, businessmen, king, you know, uh, judges that put a thumb on the scale. Yeah. They favor certain people over, over other people. And it's an abomination to the Lord. The Lord wants justice. He tells us what justice is in his mm -hmm. word. And so if we want a just society, we have to have righteous rulers. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> peace. Well, if we want peace, we've got to submit ourselves to the, the prince of peace. According to the wholesome laws of each commonwealth. Here, here it already, wholesome laws. I mean, they put that in there to let us know that <clears throat> the kingdoms of men can put laws on the books that do not reflect the law of God. Yeah. And if there is a law on the books in your state or in your, your society that is unwholesome, that does not align with the word of God, we should resist it. Mm -hmm. We should fight to reform it. We should fight to correct it. Yeah. Right? right. <clears throat> yeah. uh, do we have a text for that? 
Yeah, we do. Uh, Psalms uh, chapter 2, verse 10 says, Now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. <laughs> yes. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so for that end, now this is where it gets a little dicey. So for that end, because we want a society that's devoted to the Lord, that's just and that's peaceful, Christians may lawfully, now under the New Testament, wage war upon just and necessary occasion. Okay, this is where we get what's called the just war theory. All right, what text do we do we have for that one? We have Acts ten one. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, known as an Italian cohort. A devoted man who feared God with all his household, gave alms generously to the people and prayed continuously to God. What was his profession? He was a what? What did it say? Cornelius, a? Italian cohort. Italian cohort. He was a member of the Italian service. He yeah. was a soldier. Soldier. That's what he was. Yeah. Okay? So we see right there, they did not require, when, when a soldier became a Christian, they did not require them to denounce their citizenship, denounce their military service, that they could um, perform that service in the, in the service of the country. Now, here is the deal. Upon just and necessary occasion. <clears throat> now, we've already um, heard the, the, the Lord gave the sword to the state for what two reasons? Do we remember those? Protection. Protect the good and to punish the and evil. to punish the evildoer, right? To protect the good and punish the evildoer. So that is just. Now we know. Let's just use some of some of the. So things get really complicated when you, when you're talking <laughs> global politics and you're talking, <laughs> you know, all the stuff that's going around in the world. Things get really complicated. God is saying here, it is not just to go to war over oil over somebody else's resources, over these different things, right? The, 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 you can go to war to pr protect the good or to punish the evildoers, right? And so and when we were attacked on 9-11, um, it, it, it does seem like that would be a, a just war, a just um, retaliation against terrorism to go after them and to, and to punish them, and, punish to, them yeah. and to try to destroy them. Right now, I know it gets complicated, and it gets, and then you get into kind of all kind of. It gets very complicated because when do you stop? And then, as soon as we stop, like we just saw, we pulled out of Afghanistan, and it's just created a vacuum. And now, here they are back again. Um, but that is an absolute necessity. It's a necessity because of the necessity of evil, the reality of evil. Mm -hmm. um, if you don't punish the evil the evil will come and destroy you, yeah. right? The evil will destroy the weak. And so we are uh, responsible to do it now. So that, that means as a Christian, you can be a part of the, the, uh, you know, the service, right? The, the military, you can be a part of the, the military, but you are a military member second. Yeah. You might be asked to do something immoral. 
maybe you have an immoral command. Maybe you've got, who knows? And it would be your responsibility to disobey your commander at that time and obey your king, Jesus. And so that is why today joining the military is, um, you have to put a lot of thought in it because whoever the commander-in-chief is at the time really gets to determine, well, and Congress, because Congress has a vote on it, but we have all kinds of things that are going on, Navy SEALs, secret operative mission, operator, operator missions, all kind of stuff that are kind of going on under the radar that a Christian, you, 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 a Christian can't just say, I just follow orders. I just follow orders. That's what the Nazis said, right? That's what, in the Nuremberg trials, that was their defense. When they were brought up, hey, I only ran the, the train car. Hey, I only pulled this lever. Hey, I only did this. I was just following orders. Well, we realized that, no, no, no. Even in a godless society back then, it was pretty much secular still back then. They said, no, you had a moral responsibility to say no to your commanders, yeah. right? The same is true in American in American military. Um if you don't have wise rulers, if you don't have godly rulers, they could ask you to do ungodly things and you have to, you have to say no. Your service to God comes first before your service to country. Because yeah. they're technically signing over their rights, correct, as uh, an army? Oh, yeah. You could, be, you could be court-martialed. You could be thrown out of the military. You could lose your pension. You could lose your benefits. You could use, lose all those things, yes. And a Christian must be willing to do it. Yeah. A Christian must be willing to do it. Um. But you see what's going on in, in Ukraine right now. If 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 um, you know if if our country were to be invaded, and there there are there are reasons why a Christian should take up arms, right? And the Christian should mm-hmm. push back. So, um, so it is lawful for Christians. Christians should pursue uh, the political realm. They should cr- pursue leadership in different levels of society because. We understand God, we understand God's word, and we understand the nation, the nature of the world, and we want a just, peaceful, and, you know, benevolent society. And so we should be the ones creating that yep. and working for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, the fo- as I'm reading a lot more of the Founding Fathers, and I'm reading a lot more of early American history... Um, the early Americans were way more aware of this mm-hmm. than we are. Way more aware of their um, obligation yeah. to society. Yeah, there seemed to be uh, a sense of um, fear of God yeah, in our, our founding fathers that uh, those doesn't seem to exist today, that uh, they understood the weight of decision-making that they were doing and of the... Uh, of the, uh, um, uh, the just the yeah just just the, the 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 things that they were writing the things they were asking people to be about all of those things there was a there was a, it was a pretty heavy weight yeah. uh, and they, they understood that um, they were obligated before God ultimately all right well first two articles there hopefully um, you learned something today maybe you got some questions if you do email me at justindeenatsacredcitychurch.com we love you we're praying for you God bless you